I have a confession to make. You know, preachers are always wondering how it is possible to get the attention of a congregation at the start of a sermon. And that wasn't a bad way, was it? Got your attention right away there. Got a confession to make. The confession is this, that um, some years ago when Don and I were serving and living in, in Australia, we went to one of uh, the local resorts near where we lived, a little seaside place called Terrigal, and we had some lunch. Um, and as you do in Australia, it was all al fresco sitting outside, and we had a, a nice snacky lunch there. And we spent uh, the rest of our afternoon you know, walking around the town, walking along the promenade, when we suddenly, one of us suddenly had a horrible thought that because we were at this restaurant on the pavements, as it were, having a meal, where to service, we'd got up and left without paying the bill. Was there a gasp, some in the congregation? However, being good, honest Christians and being Salvation Army officers and on dead ministers of religion, we did the right thing. We ran as fast as we could to the car park and drove home. No, we didn't, actually. No, we didn't. We didn't. I can only tell you this story because actually what happened is we went back to the restaurant and profusely apologized for leaving without paying the bill. They noticed we still had an open tab. Um, and after being totally surprised why we would want to go back and pay the bill, they gladly received our money. And that was the end of the story. So that's why I can tell you the story and why I won't be at the mercy seat hopefully at the end of this message. But, you know, when you think about it, uh, that scenario, I guess, you know, why we went back was not just because we're hopefully honest Christians, but actually because it doesn't make sense, does it? To actually go and have a nice meal at a restaurant, to be nicely served, and to just walk away without paying the bill. Anybody whether you're a Christian or not, understands that that drink and that food had to be provided for. The staff wages had to be paid. Rent, light, repair bills, and so on and so forth have got to be paid to keep that restaurant open. Why would we go and not expect to pay a bill? And in every consciousness, why would you not do that? But you know what? There are so many uh, well-meaning Christians who go to church who come to the Salvation Army without realizing the costs involved in running similar facilities. Even though a church like ours is a registered charity, we can't get away saying to our, uh, those who provide our electricity and gas and so on and so forth that because we are serving God, can you please uh, waive the bill or give us a discount? We need to pay our bills here in a church like this like anyone else. But sadly, in the same way that Dawn and I left that restaurant without paying what was due, too many Christians can leave the church without paying what is due to God. And the story of the parable of the talents, I guess, was an illustration about uh, this very topic I want to address this morning. And I want to address this morning, to address this topic this morning, not just because of anything to just to do with money and because it is the logical and right thing to do, but because when we do that, not only do we, do we miss out in paying our dues to God, but also we miss out on so much that God wants to give to us. We miss out on the blessings that God has stored up for us. When we don't pay what is due, we don't leave this place richer 
but rather poor in spirit. And we become, as I've been calling it during, our, uh, during this series, we, we, we become zoned out people. And we're in a third message of a four-message series called In the Zone just now. And during this series, we've talked about um, what it means to be in the zone, to be, as we sometimes use the phrase, to be in a good place, but to be in a good place spiritually with God. What does it mean to be in the zone? And, and in contrast, what actually does it mean and how does it feel when you're actually way out of that place where we ought to be? And I've introduced this diagram to perhaps explain what really happens. That first of all, God is the blessor. God blesses us with so many blessings. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, we often sing. And God has given to us all things. And God wants us who are in the zone to receive those blessings and to be blessed. We are a blessed people because we receive those blessings that God has poured upon us. As we sometimes sing about those showers of blessing that are, are poured upon each one of us. And so much so that those blessings should be overflowing to the point where we become a blessing to others. We receive the blessings, we are a blessed people, and in turn we can be a blessing, a means of blessing to so many others. I've shared with you also during this series a definition of blessing. To be blessed means to be on the receiving end of the tangible as well as the intangible favor of God. To be on the receiving end of the tangible and the intangible favor of God. This is what it means to be in the zone, to be in that good place, to be in that right place spiritually, to be in the sweet spot of God's success. We are zoned in when we receive the blessings that God wants to shower on each one of us. And I mean that, on each one of us. God wants to bless us. And God wants us in turn to be a blessing on others. And sometimes we miss out on those blessings when the bill goes unpaid and when we fail to give to God. All that's due to him. Not just financially, but in time, treasures and talents. You know, before the Old Testament closes we find uh, some, some remarkable words, I think, which remind us that we are all are not to leave the restaurants where we have been fed and watered without paying the bill. We are reminded not to leave God's house after we've been fed and nourished by God's word, by our service and by our fellowship together. Let's just look at these words from Malachi. Will a man rob God? This is, this is the bill that we pay. Will a man rob God, and yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings that you will not have room for it. I don't know about you, I just find that just an amazing verse. I mean, it's a very challenging verse. It's just saying exactly what I've been saying so far, so far about robbing God and, and, and goes even further by saying if you rob God, it's a, you'll, it'll be a curse. Quite the opposite to blessing. 
But when we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the Lord will, will open. Can we imagine what that might feel like and look like? He, he will open heaven and open the floodgates, open the showers of blessing that God wants to, to, to rain down upon us. What, what an amazing thing uh, that is in quite contrast to being a cursed person. It's the contrast to being in the zone or being out of the zone. The contrast couldn't be clearer. If we rob God and leave the, leave the bill unpaid, then we rob God. But if we bring to God what is rightfully is, we will have so many blessings that there won't be room for all the blessings that God wants to give to us. Now this morning, as I continue this short series, I want to, to stay with this, this subject because this is the stuff that can, can suck us out of the zone. Sometimes when we feel we're far away from God, when we feel that our Christian life isn't working for us, when we haven't got it all together, that, that Satan is doing his work in us, it, it's the stuff that, that, that can be the contrast of being out of the zone where God would want us to be very much in his presence, as we sang earlier, to be in his presence, to be in that zone where God wants us to be, to live in that zone where, where, where God is and where God's generosity is, rather than outside the zone, which is all about Satan and all about selfishness. In the zone, it's about blessings. Out of the zone, it's about curse. In the zone, it's about give, give, give. Outside the zone, it's about take, take, take. And all the materialism that is around us today, it's no wonder that we can so today get sucked out of the zone. And human nature is, for you and for me, human nature is that we are, we are actually natural-born um, uh, takers rather than givers. We're all born to be takers, whereas in contrast, God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's in the nature of God to give. Where it's in the nature of the seed of Adam that we all carry to, to take and to get. Now as we continue this series in the zone, I want us to think about um, a subject which... Um, it is in comparison to God's tendency to give because we want to... We want, we want to stay in the zone as Christians. We want to be in that place of influence of blessing. Of course we want to be blessed, and of course we want to be a blessing to others. But because of our reticence sometimes to allow the bill to go unpaid, it leaves us sucked out of the zone. So I want to, to talk this morning about getting sucked out. What does that mean? And how easy it is for us Christians um, to, to get sucked out, or to use the Bible word, for, for us to be robbed of the blessings which God wants to give to us. And it's all about the tension between materialism and generosity. Those things that we sometimes uh, have a tension between, struggle with. When we're in the zone, we reflect the generosity of God. But when we get sucked out, we find ourselves outside the zone and we rob God. Those, that's the two differences between reflecting God and robbing God. It's the tension between materialism and generosity. And of course, of course here on Oxford Street, uh, it's staring us in the face, isn't it? The stark re reality of, of, of so much that we can, we, we can accumulate today, so much that we can spend our money on, so much materialism 
that, that, that is, is forcing itself almost upon us today. And because, um, uh, because of this, today more than ever, we as Christians need to understand what God's word is saying on such matters as materialism. Materialism, of course, I think as well, is not just a tangible commodity that you can see. It's an intangible condition of the heart. It's not just the tangible things that, that you can materialize, but it can be also saying something of the heart. People who are over-materialistic are not making a statement about their style of living, but rather they're making a statement about the condition of their heart. I mean, what did Jesus say? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The seed of Adam, the sin, the selfishness that's inside each one of us. You know, that's what we're born with, born takers. And God wants us to have a different heart. He wants our heart to be a generous heart, a giving heart. No wonder we read in Ezekiel about God wants to take away the old stony, unresponsive uh, heart and give us a, a living heart, a responsive heart, a new heart, a heart that will transform us into being newborn livers and givers. It takes a heart transplant to tithe. If you are not in the zone, in the sweet spot of God's success, if you're not reflecting the generous nature of God, you will not be a giver by nature. Instead, you'll be a blessing blocker. So you see, uh, materialism is not a tangible commodity. It's an intangible condition of the, of the heart. Or put another way, material, materialism begins where your income ends. If you just think about that for a moment, materialism begins where your income and where my income ends. I mean, what is materialism anyway? Materialism, would you not agree with me, is a preoccupation with things. Of course, things are not bad in themselves. Uh, buying clothes on Oxford Street is not a bad thing. Having money is not a bad thing. Of course it isn't. But maybe a, a definition is that a preoccupation with those kind of things, which becomes com commercialism and materialism. And, and we can so easily be blown away by this uh, tangible and this intangible commodity, uh, a, a condition of our heart as much as a condition of the things we have around us. And where does materialism begin? And where does materialism end? I mean, if you make... £30,000 a year, for example, you don't think that other people who earn £30,000 are materialistic at all. But you might feel that um, the, Manchester, uh, the manager of a, of a football club who earns £3 million a year, you might have a different view about that, maybe. If you make a million pound a year, you don't think that someone sitting around you also makes a million pound a year is materialistic but you may do if they earn £10 million. So it may be just um, how we view things as well. So I ask you, where is that ceiling? Where, where is that area? Where is that zone that causes someone to be materialistic? Is it really the size of their home or the, the make of their watch or the kind of car that they drive or the holiday destination or what, what is it? How, how can I call you or how can you call me materialistic? if I don't know your heart and life and you don't know mine. It's not tangible, 
perhaps it's not it's not intangible and it's 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 a ta an intangible thing very often something that is of our heart rather than what is physically around us I want to say this morning that God, of course, wants us to reside in the zone because God is for us. God is wanting to bless us. He, he is wanting us to have that perfectly beautiful, generous heart that God, our Father, has. He loves us and he wants to bless us occupationally, relationally, and even bless us, bless us financially because the blessings of God just don't just come in the intangible things. They don't just, it's not just about peace and joy and patience and tranquility of the soul, but it's also about the tangible things, the matter, the stuff we have, because in God's economy, matter matters. He created it, he thought it up, he made it, and matter matters to God. God blesses us intangibly, but also tangibly as well. He wants us to live in the zone, the sweet spots, of his success. But what we also need to remember is this, that bringing in our tithes and offerings is not because a church has a bill to pay. And it isn't because God needs our money. We bring in our tithes and offerings because we need to be blessed rather than cursed. We want to be in the zone rather than sucked out of the zone. Remember the beginning of uh, Scripture in Genesis, Cain and Abel, of course, the, the children of Adam and Eve, uh, the brothers Cain and, and Abel, who were very different brothers. Um, one of the differences, uh, as we read in Genesis, is that, is that Abel lived in the zone, while Cain lived outside the zone, even though those phrases are not used, of course. Cain had been sucked out of the zone, and we can see this, in the matter of bringing their offerings to the Lord. Look at these two verses in, um, in, in Genesis chapter 4. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Now the question is, why did God look down with favor on Abel, but didn't look down upon the offering that Cain brought? Well, if you look closely, we're told that Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. There's the clue. Abel brought the fat portions, the, the, the good part, and it was the first board, it was the first part, it was the first tenth in, in tithing terms of his flock. But it doesn't say that about Cain. Only that in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. You see the difference? So you can imagine that Cain eventually got around to giving something in the course of time, whereas Abel's attitude was to bring the first fruits of his labor. And maybe that is why God didn't look down favorably upon Cain. And is that why Abel was blessed and why Cain was cursed? Is that why Abel was zoned in and why Cain was sucked out? I guess so. So the tithe is the first to be given. It's the first tenth. It's the first fruits. It's also, it's also the tithe 
which is holy. Look at this verse from Leviticus. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And as many of you know, the word holy means set apart. It is that which is set apart for the Lord. So our tithe has to be brought in two ways. First of all, it has to be the first consideration. And secondly, it is that which we set apart for God. In other words, when we get paid, it's the first check that we write. It's the first direct debit that we make. It's an act of faith because we haven't even paid our bills for that month or that week. And we're giving that first part in faith. And we're setting apart because it is holy and because it is God's. And because we want to be in that zone where we, in turn, can be blessed by God and, and be a blessing to others. Before we leave Cain and Abel, did you notice those final words? So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. The message translates uh, the, word, um, the, the word angry as sulk. Cain sulked and his face was downcast. Cain was not a happy bunny. Those who live in the zone of being blessed by God being blessed by the blesser are happy, cheerful givers, cheer, cheerful bringers. And God loves a cheerful giver because that will be your first fruits. But a downcast, miserable person is the one who behaves in a very contrasting, different way. So remember, God doesn't need us to give, but we need to be blessed. We don't give because our core or God needs our money. We bring our tithes because we want to be zoned in people. We want to be people who are blessed. We want to be people who can be constantly be a blessing to others. This week we, we saw um, in our Bible reading in the parable of the talents three people who were given money by their master. Those who were faithful with their money were blessed with more. But the one who buried his money dug a hole and put it away was cursed, was condemned, was criticized. God wants you and me to be blessed people, not cursed. God wants us to be in the zone, not sucked out by the materialism of this age. God wants us to be happy, generous givers, not materialistic takers. So my prayer for each one of us is that we will strive to live in the zone where we are blessed by the blesser, and next week, we'll, as we, uh, next time we meet, when we address this subject in a few weeks' time, we shall see how in turn we can be a blessing as we reach out of the zone to others who are waiting to be blessed. Amen. Let's spend a few moments on reflecting upon God's word this morning. Let's sing some well-known words, not my own, but saved by Jesus. Who redeemed me by his blood? Gladly I accept the message. I belong to Christ the Lord. I think the reality of any message like this is that, that actually we're all gods, aren't we? When we give our life to God, it, it, it's, it's, it's not just one-tenth one of our lives. It's the whole of ourselves that, that we give to him. And in this, this moment of, uh, of prayer just now, let us 
pray that we will we'll give ourselves completely to God, that we might be blessed, that we might be, be, be complete. Um, I was speaking to a gentleman in the open air meeting this morning, and um, he looked a little bit rough and ready. I don't know what his circumstances, whether he's living rough. And I said, how are you? He said, um, and if, if I had to use that very phrase, he said, I'm not in a good place. But as he turned to the band, he, he said, but this has lifted me up. Just the music that the band is playing, just lift this man up. And, you know, that can happen for us who are Christians as well, can't it? We can just be in that place, a bit like Cain, a bit downcast, not in a good place. But, but the Lord wants to lift us up and wants to, to take us into that place where he wants us to be. So let us let's come just now to him in prayer and let us uh, respond to God this morning as we sing and as we say to him, not my own we are saved by Jesus. And of course, as we sing and as we pray, our place of prayer is available for anyone this morning who would like to come and to bring themselves to the altar to receive his grace, to receive God's love, to receive God's forgiveness.